0: We are delighted to be joined by the amazing singer-songwriter, Caroline Cobb. Hello and welcome to Exposite the Word, Caroline.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me, David. I appreciate it.
0: Oh, thank you. Caroline, if you could only be one of those things, would you choose to be a songwriter or a song singer?
1: that—that uh, um, That is really tough. <laughs> yeah. I would probably lean toward songwriter because... I really love, you know, using music to tell the stories from scripture. So that actual process of diving into a passage, trying to figure out how to tell that story through yeah. music is so fun to me. But, yeah. I mean, singing it kind of completes the circle, singing yeah. stories over people. So it, that's a tough
0: one. Yeah, it is. Well, we, we, we've got the tough one out of the way. They'll all get a lot easier from now. <laughs> <Go on. laughs> got it. Before we get into the questions, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Yes, um, I am a singer songwriter that, again, just I love using music to tell the biblical story, to tell that meta narrative. Yeah. Um, and the hope is that people can rehearse it and remember it as they're going about their everyday lives. So, as they're commuting to work or changing a diaper or cooking dinner, whatever they're doing, that yeah. they, it can be something that they're marinating in.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I've been married to my husband, Nick, for 15 years, and he is one of the pastors at our local church. We have three kids. They're 10, 8, and 6, and uh, yeah, that's that's me.
0: Yeah, you sound very busy, Caroline. When on earth do you get a chance to write all of this music?
1: (laughs) Oh, gosh. I mean, honestly, when they were little, if they had any kind of Mother's Day out or time (laughs) in childcare, I was writing music. Uh, other things piled up, but I was writing music and now they're all in school and we have some family around us. So it's yeah. a little bit easier, yeah. but, uh, but yes, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know when, I did
0: <laughs> when did you first become, become a Christian?
1: Um, you know, I trace kind of my first real steps of faith back to my junior year of high school. Mm. Uh, that is, you know, I had kind of been around, um, my parents had put me in a Christian school. It wasn't—I didn't really grow up in a in a household that was, uh, you know, talking about God all the time mm. or anything like that. We mm. went to a church that was probably a little bit more uh, social. Um, you know, there were a lot of stories about God, but yeah. I don't remember at least hearing the gospel. And perhaps God just hadn't opened my eyes yet. But mm. it, when I was a junior in high school, I had been around the faith. But that was the first time that I kind of made this decision to spend time with God and to pray. And it's actually, it sounds uh, a lot more honorable than it was. What Mm. actually happened was this speaker at a camp that I went to said, "If um, if you truly value God, you will... Think of something that you value and uh, make a pledge to spend time with God every day for six weeks and if you miss even one day you have to give up that thing that you value for six weeks yeah. kind of like sort of like a, making a deal and it's not probably theologically what I would recommend yeah. like a youth pastor to <laughs> yeah. do but
0: yeah. at the
1: same time it worked for me because I really valued being able to drive my car I had just gotten a car yeah. and uh, I said, I'll give up my car for six weeks if if I miss a day. And what it did for me was actually turn something that was a duty that I was just checking off so I didn't yeah. have to give up my car. Yeah. And I actually feel like the Lord was changing me by me just spending time with Him and praying. Yeah. And it also set me up to be kind of countercultural. Like if I was with friends at a sleepover or something, I still had to read my Bible and pray. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it made me feel weird and it made me feel different. But yeah. I feel like God was strengthening my young faith and so that's where I trace it back to um but of course God has been continually since then
0: yeah when did you realize that you had an amazing voice Caroline (laughs)
1: um that question is funny because (laughs) I I'm not so sure about the amazing voice part but I appreciate that I to be honest I've never really been I didn't really grow up in a musical family um I've never really been super confident in my voice per se, yeah. uh, but I was writing all of these songs, and somebody needed to sing them, <laughs> so <laughs> I started singing. Yeah. And what's what's been cool is that I feel like I have found my voice. Um, it might not be the kind of voice you hear, you know, singing out a big ballad on American Idol or something yeah. like that. But I just consider myself a jar of clay that is holding this great treasure. And so jars of clay by nature aren't perfect or or squeaky clean or, you know, they're cracked and broken in places. But the point is not that I would impress people with my voice, but that they would see Christ through me, um, through this jar of clay. So I do feel comfortable in my voice, but I appreciate the question. I still don't ever think of myself as having this, like, yeah, American Idol level voice
0: (laughs) Oh wow So can you remember when you became interested in songwriting?
1: Yes my um, When I was right around the same time I became a Christian uh, My mom, she knew a little bit of guitar And she taught me a few chords On the guitar um, When I was in high school And someone had played me a song um, That he had written And I thought Hey, maybe I could do that Maybe I could write a song And so I came I went home and I wrote I think my first song, and I just kept writing and it was what was coming out was mostly songs of faith uh, because that was so important to me then, but I didn't really have you know a clear feeling of calling to continue to write songs. It was just something that I loved to do that helped me make connections, that helped yeah. me process, that helped me you know voice worship to God, and so I just continued to do that for a long time sort of almost privately only sharing with a few friends but I wrote a ton of songs all yeah. through high school all through college even into my 20s um, that I hardly shared <laughs> but I was yeah. writing all the
0: time <laughs> yeah did any of them ever become public or, or any of those songs songs that we know today
1: um you know you can probably google them and you could maybe find them okay, but yeah. um, and some of them are still out there cuz I did release a couple albums in that time yeah but I didn't really at that point I wasn't really pursuing this as a vocation and yeah. didn't really feel um, like a sense of direction or a sense that guy was calling to calling me to this beyond just a serious hobby. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that kind of changed eventually. But yes, if you looked hard enough you could probably find them, although I'm not sure they're my finest
0: work yeah well that sounds like so. a challenge to the listeners if you find them then make sure you tag oh, caroline no. on them <laughs> yeah Uh-oh, please don't try too hard yeah. yeah what drew you to the idea of telling God's story free scripturally based songs yeah i
1: when i was about to be 30 um i was turning 30 on november 11th 2011, so if you do the calculation, you can know my age,
2: but
1: (laughs) 11, 11, 11, and turning 30, I thought, wow, that's a cool date, and that seems like a significant birthday. Um, I had this idea to make this goal, to make a songwriting goal, and I had loved uh, studying God's Word ever since college, and like really diving into Scripture, and understanding it, and seeing the connections with the whole of the story. Yeah. And I also obviously loved songwriting, and so it seemed like the perfect marriage to write songs from Scripture. And what if I could write a song for every book of the Bible in one year? Yeah. And so that was my goal, and I told some people about it, and I just went for it. I had a spreadsheet that like helped keep me <laughs> yeah, yeah. accountable to yeah. doing it. And so um, that year specifically, I think, helped me – just see these beautiful details in God's story. It was such a good fit for me because I loved, you know, thinking not only as like a teacher would, you know, what are the, who, what, when, where, why kind of questions that I can ask here? What is the text saying? How can I be faithful to the main ideas of the text? But also I got to look at it like an artist or a songwriter, like, Oh, how would I feel if I was in this person's shoes? Or what if I wrote this song from that perspective? Um, how can I say this in a really imaginative way that's still very faithful? And then of course the songwriter has these other tools like melody and chord choices and lyrics and alliteration, all these things that you can use to help tell this story. Um, So it was such a great year for me and it really kind of launched me on this path of loving to use music to tell the story. And it feels like that's a, a thing that's missing a little bit in yeah. this modern landscape of christian music and so it's been a really really sweet thing to to do that
0: yeah so good where do you think the passion came from to tell the stories of scripture through music and how do you do that with imagination artistry and faithfulness to the text
1: yeah i um hi i think I think we're all really shaped by story and i'm still kind of learning what that means yeah but i i think that everything in our culture is kind of telling a story and there are so many voices speaking at us right now uh there's a million different narratives that we're kind of swimming in yeah and so i really want to help people marinate in god's story and it tells us you know who we are it tells us what our purpose is it tells us what we're a part of this bigger story that we're a part of it tells us where we're going what our you know what the urgent mission is um, and so I really am like this I'm a big believer in getting truths from scripture like from your head into your gut mm. you know there's something about mm. pairing music with the truth mm. and that really gets it into our gut um, and I've kind of Said a little bit about it, but the how of it is, I love to look at a passage just like an expositor would.
2: Yeah.
1: um, Asking those questions, letting the text speak for itself, letting scripture interpret scripture, not not putting my own meaning onto it, but letting it speak, you know, for itself. And then, then I get to play with. Once I've kind of done that, then I get to look at it again, like an artist, and then like a songwriter, you know, just use my imagination to help tell something in a beautiful way um to help people see the connection to christ like if i'm writing from the old testament how is this fulfilled in christ and so maybe by verse three or by the bridge we're talking about jesus even though it's an old testament story so i've i've loved doing that i love it
0: yeah so good i'm sure the listeners just like me have been picturing your spreadsheet caroline sounds so, <laughs> sounds so good what led to your goal to write a song for every book of a bible in a year
1: um you know i again i just kind of had heard of other songwriters making goals like yeah, that yeah. and i think for me um well i i just honestly it kind of just came to me and i think i it, it was kind of providential and god kind of i'm sure put that idea in my mind
2: yeah
1: um but for me it's really freeing to have some structure to yeah, say like yeah. When I'm going to write a song about this today, because my pastor preached about, you know, Deuteronomy on Sunday, and we're going through that as a church, so it's much easier to sit down and be like, I really want to write a song about this, yeah. and start from a passage of scripture, rather than um, rather than just sitting down and be like, what do I feel like writing a song about today? Yeah. Uh, how do I feel today? What emotion do I feel? You know, just, and I've written lots of personal songs too, but um, that is... I think freeing to me to have that structure and once I started having that goal when I was 30 now I just automatically kind of write that way I don't necessarily have a goal but I am always writing from scripture yeah um, and it's really really enjoyable
0: to me I love an excel spreadsheet I can just imagine (laughs) the satisfaction of when you completed that last cell on that spreadsheet what did that feel like Caroline
1: it was good because you know there's like Nahum and yeah, Leviticus on there, and I, you know, right in the middle, I was like, "What did I get myself into?" But the fact yeah. that I had told yeah. other people, yeah, that uh, I was doing this, yeah, and then I had to, you know, factor in how many weeks are there in a year, yeah, and how many books are there in the Bible yeah. again? Yeah. Oh yeah, oh gosh, I got to write a lot of songs, like at least <laughs> yeah. a song a week. Yeah. So that spreadsheet kept me on track, and it's funny to hear a creative say that they used a spreadsheet, but I think. I need a little structure sometimes or else I'll just never get anything done.
0: Yeah, so good. <laughs> so. so good. How do you trace a concept or an idea when develop, developing a new project? And how does this translate when you play live?
2: Yeah, um,
1: often it starts with just writing a lot of songs. Yeah. And then once I have sort of a bunch of songs written, I I feel like I start seeing some kind of theme come out in those songs Mm. and then once i have that big theme that i'm working with i can fill in all the holes uh about the whole story or i can tweak some lyrics inside of a song to fill out that hole or to connect it to other songs so like for example on um the first storytelling album that i did is called the blood and the breath Mm. and the whole theme of that album was sort of death to life and redemption that redemptive narrative um, but I noticed that there were no songs about the Holy Spirit on the whole song, um, even though maybe he was implied, but never explicitly about that. And I had a song about God breathing life into Adam and
2: Eve hmm.
1: in Genesis, and I had a song about God breathing life into Ezekiel's vision, you know, the, the dry bones in yeah. his valley, in his vision. So I wanted to have a song about that, that breath of God idea through the holy spirit so i wrote a song from acts 2 to kind of finish out that album yeah and the point is at like a concert i'm i try to trace the story of scripture for everyone that's listening in the audience so i i'm really just like this vehicle for this bigger story um, yeah. but doing it through music and giving context along the way. So the hope is that the people that are there listening can kind of be on this journey It we'll start in Genesis yeah. and we'll end when Jesus returns. And through the middle, I might sprinkle in some personal things and stuff, but mostly we're talking about this big story that is our story. Yeah. And, uh, I'm hoping that people worship God through it. I'm hoping that people kind of are, able to have a bird's eye view and remember oh yeah that's the story that I'm part of um, and lift their gaze to him so I love doing that at a a concert so if anybody's ever been to like Andrew Peterson's Behold the Lamb of God concert it's his Christmas concert he kind of does that it's just songs telling this biblical narrative of a king coming of Jesus coming and it starts at the very beginning and it ends at Christmas kind of but mine is a little bit Different because it's not as focused on Christmas.
0: Yeah, yeah. So good. What scriptures or theologians have influenced you the most?
1: Gosh, that's really hard, too. Uh, Yeah. I think, you know, I think the thing that's influenced me the most in terms of my songwriting is just studying the Bible with other people at our church. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, over time, like just that buildup of studying the Bible, which, you know, we've done some. Over, over the years, I've done some Jen Wilkin Bible studies and Nancy Guthrie. Um, in terms of what I've read, that's really influenced me. I think Tim Keller makes a lot of, uh, light bulbs go off for yeah. me and yeah. he really challenges me uh, to think. And I really enjoy reading him, um, A.W. Tozer, John Piper yeah. and just lots of different things that i gather uh, yeah, gather yeah, in yeah uh the, the author of uh, amazing grace john newton mm. uh he tony reinke wrote us a, a uh th- like a book about him and i some of my songs have come out of that too so
0: yeah so sorry
1: good. a lot of answers to your question
0: <laughs> yeah that was brilliant that's what <laughs> a we lot love of things of influence yeah no that's great What parts of a Bible do you draw from the most and what are your favourite passages and why?
1: Um, Well, for this new album that's about to come out, I drew quite a bit from Isaiah. Um, I really love those passages in Isaiah where I think Isaiah is so... Wonderful for a songwriter because, yeah. or an artist, because there are so many images. And one of those prominent images is this image of a wilderness yeah. or a desert yeah. or a barren wasteland blooming into a garden and like rivers streaming there. And um, so I wrote songs that kind of spoke to that. Yeah. Uh, I actually really like writing from the Old Testament because they're so image driven and those songs it's fun for me to point them forward to how like a passage or a story is fulfilled in Christ. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, any kind of story is really a narrative, like the narratives about Jesus and the gospels are really fun to write from because I love imagining what, what is it like to be in this story and then trying to put that into a song?
0: Yeah. So good. You mentioned Andrew Peterson earlier on. You've been compared to him and to Rich Mullins and Sandra McCracken, Ellie Holcomb, what do you have in common with them and what music artists do you resonate with the most?
1: Yeah, I do. I really resonate with Andrew Peterson and Sandra McCracken, not just on a personal, what I listen to, yeah. um, when my kids aren't telling me what to, we <laughs> yeah. should
2: listen to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, although
1: they like them too. But <laughs> I resonate with their music quite a lot. I think Andrew is a great storyteller and he's got just this poetic way of, of putting lyrics together. But both of those artists really incorporate a lot of scripture mm. into their songs mm. uh, and they do it in kind of an imaginative way not a hokey way and i also really appreciate how both of them they draw from scripture and from like life themes that are not necessarily like the easy pickings yeah. <laughs> yeah. or the yeah. low-hanging fruit yeah. the things you'd find on like a bumper sticker or something you, they're there's sorrow and suffering and they might talk about lament they might talk about the old testament and just things like that that a lot of artists on the radio don't necessarily cover so i i really have been ministered to by both of them yeah yeah
0: how important is singing to god and why do the words we sing matter
1: well i think it's pretty i i think it's pretty important um what comes to my mind is Colossians three sixteen, mm. and it's just one verse of many, but yeah. it says, "Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God." Yeah, and then Psalm thirty three one, which says, "Shout for the joy for joy in the Lord, O you righteous; praise befits the upright." It's yeah. it's fitting. It's a fitting thing to do yeah. um, when you've seen the Lord and when you've you see his beauty. And so I think it's important to sing to God because I think he commands it. It's modeled in scripture, but it's also fitting. It's this appropriate overflow, a response to what he's done and who he is. Mm -hmm. Um, and I I think the words we sing matter because they are shaping us. And I've heard someone say, I think it might've been Matt Papa say that, uh, worship music is the sermon that people remember Mm. um so i mean it it there's something powerful about music that it has this power to get truth you know again from our head to our gut to help us cling to it yeah um and so that makes it all the more important what words we're singing
0: yeah brilliant what is the temperature of modern music today and do you have concerns that a lot of popular worship music is linked in with ministries that teach a prosperity gospel
1: Um, you know, that's like a whole other conversation in some ways, but I do think that something I've noticed and kind of a soapbox that I have is that people are writing songs that seem, it seems like it's derivative of other popular worship songs. Like we're not actually saying much. Um, And what's disheartening is there's not as much use of our common language, which is scripture, you know, holding fast to the word of life. like you don't see a lot of like a wide range of scripture being used in worship songs. You know, it's just like maybe this verse here and this verse there, allude to this, allude to that, but there's not as much of a range. And so when I'm leading worship, um, I'm not the main worship leader at our church, but if I ever get to lead worship, it's really hard to find songs about things like obedience, uh, it's really hard to find songs about missionary work yeah. or being on mission and yeah. giving your life away. It's hard to find lament. It's hard to find songs that are really biblical about justice or psalms. or It's It's really hard to find songs about God's holiness and yeah. like our how we should be in awe of Him. Yeah. But it's a lot easier to find songs that talk about fear or... God's love or asking for like a experience of God so it's not necessarily that those things are bad it's just that we have to have a balance and yeah. a robust um, range of songs so that our people are formed into robust Christians that both know that God loves them but also have a right view of God as yeah. holy
2: yeah.
1: and they, kn- they, they see the reverence that's needed and they want to give their lives away and they know that God wants to alleviate their fears. So it's, it's, to me, that's, it's a little hard to speak to because I don't listen to a ton of just the popular Christian radio stuff or get into the nitty gritty of all that. But, um, but I do find that it's hard to find songs that, that cover the range of what it means to follow God or what is found in scripture. So there's a lot of books that, there's hardly any songs that touch on those books.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's right.
1: And, and from Leviticus, and it's tough to write a song yeah. from Nahum, yeah. but um, but I think it's
0: important. Yeah, brilliant answer. So good. You recorded your new album, A Seed, A Sunrise, right before the COVID nineteen pandemic took the world stage. How do the themes of the album fit into this narrative?
1: Yeah, I think we recorded just like the month before. Yeah. Um, in February of 2020 is when we were in the studio, and here in the states, at least, March was really the time where it all just hit. Um, yeah. yeah. Where everything shut down, and I think the events of 2020 have really primed us for Advent. And I think what I mean by that is, um, and this ad- this album is meant to be an Advent record. Yeah. Uh, but It's reminded us again and again and again, wave after wave of reminders of like our collective brokenness, um, our mortality, our our lack of control. Um, It's Advent is about both rejoicing over Jesus's first arrival and remembering that, but also aching for his second arrival when all that is broken is made new and there will be no more death, no more tears, no more crying anymore. And I think a lot feels really broken right now. And we don't often feel that during the Christmas season. We feel kind of this push to have this warm, fuzzy thing. But I think that's gonna feel kind of dissonant this year. And so my hope is that this album gives voice to this ache over broken things Um, even as it points us toward our hope in Christ and the joy of his coming. Um, I think both of those things are present on this album. There's a lot of groaning, but there's also a lot of hope and a lot of joy. And I think the joy is all the brighter and all the more beautiful when we actually recognize the darkness and recognize uh, the ache.
0: Yeah. What is your favorite song on the album? And what are you most looking forward to playing to a live audience?
1: Um, that's a tough one too because I mean I, I always try really hard to be uh, proud of every single song going yeah, into yeah. the recording process I want yeah. them to all be strong you know yeah. um, but I really love I've played it a few times for people but there's a song called Joy as far as the curse is found that's really upbeat and joyful and really fun to play live um, yeah. and and but i have some other favorite songs that are a little bit more you know reflective of that groan Mm. Um, one is called there will be a day which draws from isaiah 2 and some other passages in isaiah and it looks ahead to the day when jesus returns and it's really rich in terms of just drawing from a lot of scripture yeah and i love that and there's something both longing and hopeful about it and so that's, you know, again, that's what I'm excited about with this album is that I really had no idea how much people might need yeah. Advent this year. Yeah. Um, it's like this time dedicated to say to God, how how long and please come and yeah. we need you and we want your kingdom. We want you to be our king. Yeah. And it's a time where we can voice joy and hope because we have this unwavering um, hope in Christ.
0: Mm. Do you ever get nervous when singing live?
1: Oh, yes and no. Sometimes. Um, <laughs> I, I get most nervous at like people's weddings or something like that where yeah. you only are singing one song and yep. you can't say, oh, I messed up. You can't do that because at a concert, <laughs> yeah. if I mess up, I can just be funny about it, yeah. and I usually mess up at least once. Um, <laughs> but uh, so what makes me not as nervous is knowing that that idea again of me being this jar of clay with a treasure. And yeah. so, whenever I think that way, whenever I think it's not about me, um, it's about this story, mm-hmm. and I just get to be this channel, uh, you know, that old hymn it says, um, May they forget the channel, seeing only him. And yeah. so, I, I'm just a vehicle for. A channel for this story that's so much more impressive and glorious than I could ever be and so that that really takes a lot of pressure off and so I'm thankful for for that kind of mindset when it comes to doing things for the kingdom so of course I want to do it well I don't want to mess up I want to do it as excellently as I can I practice I rehearse but at the end of the day you know it's not really about me and that makes me a lot less nervous yes. but yes i do still get nervous especially when i'm playing in front of a bunch of you i don't know or something like that yeah
0: so good what resources have been most helpful to you in helping you grow in your faith caroline
1: um you know i mentioned it earlier but i really do think that bible studies at my church yeah. uh the, the women's Bible studies that I've been at, we've been at several different churches because we've just moved towns a lot. But yeah. anytime I can get with other people, um, for me it's been with other women, and just talk through Scripture and share our lives kind of with Scripture as the foundation, that has been super helpful for me. And it's just been a slow... Uh, I think Jen Wilkin talks about it as like slowly depositing money into your account. Yeah. You know, it's not yeah. like... I have these huge aha moments, but it's these slow deposits yeah. of God's word that have really added up over time. So I think that's been my most, my biggest resource um, yeah. has been that for sure.
0: Yeah, brilliant. You mentioned that you don't always get control over the uh, playlist, but wh- when you do, what type of musical artists are on your playlist that you listen to at home?
1: Yeah, um, I do. I mean, I've, I've said it already, but I do really like Andrew Peterson and yeah. Sam McCracken. And yeah. It's kind of like whenever they have new music coming out i'm almost positive i'll enjoy it and yeah. that it will be something that will build me up and equip me and encourage me as i listen and so i love them um there's you know there's lots of others that i like a lot as a family though we really like need to breathe yeah. um that's like probably our favorite band as a family and then yeah. drew holcomb john mayer my kids love hamilton yeah so <laughs> yeah. things like that um are playing often in our house. Yeah, so yeah. I'm trying to steer my kids toward quality, quality music. Uh, but yes, they do like to have control of the playlist. And sometimes they pick crazy stuff that they heard at school.
0: But yeah. I'm like,
1: okay, we're listening to pancake robot, but that's okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I wish I wrote that. So. Yeah. <laughs> What's your go-to karaoke song?
1: Oh, I like this question. That's, that's very funny. <laughs> um, so, I, I used to always sing I will survive. Oh
0: yeah, but yeah, there's,
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> there's a there's another one that I really want to sing that I've sung a couple times but I kind of want to make it my new go-to. It's Part of Their World from The Little Mermaid. Yeah, that was yeah. my favorite movie growing up and we sang that all the time and I know every single word. Yeah. So, see that's the power of music is that I still know every single word p- part of their world from
2: yeah. Little
0: yeah brilliant caroline congratulations <laughs> on your new album release we're cheering you on from over here in the uk what's the Thank best you so much. oh it's a pleasure what is the best way for people to connect with you caroline
1: yeah um i think all the normal places like just joining in my email list uh and then social media i'm on instagram and facebook and Twitter occasionally, but mostly Instagram. Um, and I love connecting with real people. That helps me <laughs> yeah. That helps me remember that there are real people out there being you know, ministered to. Because sometimes as an artist, you send something out into the world and you yeah. don't know what it's doing.
0: Sure.
1: Um, so that's that's really great for me to be able to connect.
0: Awesome. Well, we'll put the links to your new album and to all of your social media accounts into your email list in the description below. Caroline, thanks again for your time. I really enjoyed speaking to you.
1: Yeah, I enjoyed talking to you too, David. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you.